Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Father God, I am just learning how to pray. Bear with me. First, I thank you for the life of everyone that's here with me. Then I thank you for the love you give me. Why? I don't know. I don't deserve it, and it hurts inside. Many a nights I cried and called your name out loud, but didn't call you when I was doing good, too proud. And still you gave me love. I wasn't used to that. Most of the people that gave me love ended up taking it back. That's something new to me. So I'm asking you for time to adjust. Let me make it there. I will be one you can trust. What I stand for, I put my life on. I do. I guess what I'm asking is, show me how to stand for you. And I will rap for you, sing for you, reach for you, preach for you, teach for you. I will love you like you love me, unconditionally. And I will always be prepared for whatever the mission will be. Give the nutrition to me and I'll properly digest it. And when I give it back, I will show you word well invested. And whenever I go, before I go, let me give. Thanks to you, Lord, for my birth, for every day that I've lived. You gave me a love most of my life I didn't know was there. I give you my life because you cared. Amen. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime pom- Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post a- What up? Obviously, before we go any further, we we had to do uh, what we had to do and send prayers up to DMX uh, after last week's episode. Uh, things from the details I got, friend. They things were, were never turned the right way mm-hmm. after the full details had come out. Apparently, DMX was without oxygen to his brain for about thirty minutes before they found him. Oh wow! Uh, I think the official news is that it was an overdose last week. Uh, there was, there's been a whole bunch of conflict, conflicting yeah, stories. Like this a heart whole attack week. caused by an overdose. Yeah. Uh, either way, his brain was, was was without oxygen for about thirty minutes, so oh, wow. there was no coming back from that so he was being kept alive for this whole week on life support yeah and on thursday or friday night his family decided to take him off life support and uh so are you uh essentially dead already at that point yeah i mean if you have no brain function there's no like hey man fight yeah fight through this like uh, he's i mean there's no turning around you know like there's no sometimes people can be in a coma Mm -hmm. but if there's some brain function you have hope that you know they'll snap out of it at some yeah. point, but your brain is without oxygen for thirty minutes, maybe even up like as little as like seven to ten minutes. You, 
could become brain dead. And if yeah. you're brain dead, there's no right, no fixing that. You can't breathe on your own. Your your brain controls your whole body. Right. So you can be kept. Your organs could be kept alive with machines, but if your brain it's never comes out, back, yeah. you you aren't alive anymore. Yeah. So um, it's actually pretty trippy. Like I don't even know yeah, that's crazy. what. Like what is your state? Like are you are you just gone at that point? Yeah. Like, you know it's really crazy because all these like machines no are keeping you. That's what you know. That's what you would think. You're, you're, if your brain's dead, yeah. There's no activity. Yeah. So that's really that's a really interesting um, mm. state to be in because like you are alive, but your brain is not alive. Yeah. So what what are you? Are you just like hmm. a fleshy, you know, corpse being kept alive with machines? Like is is the essence of you still in there? It can't be if yeah. your brain doesn't. Well, I'm guessing you're. The the body wouldn't work without the machine. Then it, no, right. Once you so unplug then, it, then, it, 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 yeah. So then, yeah, then, they're not yeah. there anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, actress and comedian Lunell actually got into a little bit of a like Twitter Twitter trouble, like which is Who? Not, nothing. Um, she was in Borat. She's like the short blonde haired comedian. What's her name? Lunell. Oh, you either know or you don't. She hasn't nope. been in a lot of stuff, but she's a comedian. She was like, uh, she sparked the DMX's dead thing. The day before he died, like she she made an announcement prematurely with no facts. Who is she? I guess she's a friend of his. I don't really know how she knows him. I guess she's a friend of his. But the point is, like everybody started sending out tweets, like R.I.P. as if he was dead. Yeah, dead. yeah, 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 yeah. So she kind of sparked that wave of stuff, and then nobody was doing any resource checking or see, look at mm. who the source was. Yeah. And then once people saw a message from his former manager saying he is still alive, he's being kept alive on life support, so he's not dead. So. That's not true. Mm. And so she okay. kind of caught some heat for like an hour or so on Twitter. Yeah, like it yeah. was the, it was the topic of the night that night. But then the next day or the next night, he was pronounced dead. So, yeah. you know. Did they went at like, what's the name? Kerry Washington or something? They went at her about it too? Well, Kerry Washington said because um, Prince, one of those princes, I don't know what made American people so interested in the the, U, the UK family. Yeah, yeah. Even before Meghan Markle, I feel like some, pe- some people were like, the royal weddings and stuff. One of those people that Prince William or yeah. not no but like Prince Philip the yeah, yeah, the yeah. Queen's the Queen's the Queen's I husband. I didn't know that's how it worked though. I look I looked it up. I was like I thought if the I thought either if way the you know, queen, the queen is the king is the king. But yeah. the it, the Queen when she well, married, none of it mad, the none, none of it means anything anymore. Yeah, but I just didn't know. I didn't. I yeah, didn't like know. it's the prince is married to the queen. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's, I thought the yeah. prince was the the, the you thought the, the queen son, oh the, was like what was her son? Yeah. So how did you think? I, I was like, what the? F- is she 137 years old? Yeah, I was like, what the f- you thought that was 94. She's like 92. I she was, was like, he's what? 99. Oh shit, she, she, man, she's like, like nine. They like two years apart or something. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the whole thing is fucking crazy. But yeah. that Carrie Washington was like, man, I I wonder what DMX and Prince uh, Philip are talking about up in heaven. Like as yeah. if DMX would spend a minute of his time with a 99 year old yeah. British dude. <laughs> <laughs> Tupac's up there, all kind of inter- yeah, Bernie yeah. Mac. Like it's all kind of interesting people up there. You think he's gonna spin? He doesn't even. I bet DMX doesn't even, even know, know who that is. is. <laughs> I, I would bet money. I he didn't doesn't know who he was. Until I don't know, and I don't care. You know, like you know, rest in peace to him. Yeah, yeah. But it's like he was ninety nine years old. What are we gonna be sad about it? He lived a life. He was a prince. Yeah. People were like the news outlets were like, yeah, there's some rumors that you know he his heart was just so his so broken after what Meghan Markle and. Uh, Prince really he was a 99 he's old. He's years old. old he's an old man he's been dead for like 10 years yeah stop I mean what <laughs> I, have you ever seen him yeah I've seen him oh god he looks so bad sometimes he's like like um uh Cicely Tyson look great she died she was like 95 recipes Cicely Tyson yeah um, a, a black 
not just black, an entertainment legend. Been to yeah. some of the some of the most amazing performances. She was like ninety five or something when she died. Looked gorgeous. Mm-hmm. This man looked like a zombie. Yeah, and <laughs> black so, don't crack. So yeah, it was very true. Yeah, even even up into the nineties, it really is impressive. Yeah, but my point is, have like, you seen my grandma? Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> That's right. Um, but my point is that. Rest in peace, man. I yeah, don't know, yeah, but yeah. like, what are we gonna? He's ninety nine years old. Yeah, you did it, man. You I'd, did it. I'd have been pissed if you didn't make it to one hundred. That close, God you know. Damn it. Yeah. Also, when you have the resources to be like, my heart's failing. Yeah. Bring me a little a, a young boy's <laughs> heart now. Like, oh, bring me, yeah, yeah, bring yeah, me yeah. a fresh heart. Like yeah. they had, th- they have that kind of money. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I don't really have any yeah, takes yeah. on the royal family or anything. I, you know, from the research I've done, they're pretty awful, and I don't give a shit about anything hmm. that they do. Uh, but shout out to Meghan Markle and. Uh, that redheaded fella that she's married to, that prince. I don't. I don't give a I shit about. It. I don't care about. I don't care about any yeah. of that stuff. But um, rest in peace to D. That's what I do care about. Rest in peace to DMX, an absolute legend, man. We gotta stop. I'm tired of losing these legends. that's so young, man. I mean, Prince yeah. was Prince was in his early fifties. Was he? Yeah, Prince wasn't that old. Hmm. Michael Jackson was like fifty-two years old. DMX fifty. You know, I'm just tired of it, man. These people, these people, and that's why just last week, I mean, you know, it was before he officially passed, but it's like, yeah, give people their flowers while they're they're still here, man, because you just never know, like, you know, 50 years old, bro. Yeah. And battled addiction his whole life. Got addicted to crack cocaine when he was 14. A buddy, a a, a mentor, his, like, an older dude that he really looked up to, laced his blunt with crack cocaine. And he didn't even smoke weed. He just was, like, looked up to an older guy. addicted to it? Yeah. The the addiction... One time, smoked crack one time, and he was—he didn't even like weed like that. But his this buddy was like, he was older than him, so he was like a big brother to him. He's like, come on, man, take take part in this. Look at that, and, and, that, and look at look at the end result. All them years, his whole till he died. That's crazy because you can't make people do that. Like he, you either you either are ready to get clean or you're not. You can't like make people get clean for whatever reason, you know, cause he had a whole engine behind him. That's like, Hey man, like we need you to make another platinum album. Yeah. He had all kind. he had all the best people around him yeah. to force him to do something. And if it's not something that he wanted to be a part of, you can't make somebody do that. And that's, there's no greater sign of that than DMX. The dude went the dude went platinum twice in one year. He put out two albums in one year and both of them went platinum. Yeah. Movie star. He did all of this stuff, man. And his whole career got derailed because he was battling addiction for all those years, man. That's crazy. You know, and, and what a, what a testament to how addiction shouldn't be able to hold you back and can't hold you back, but we just have such a stigma in society where it's like, oh, he's a crackhead or this person's a heroin addict, so don't, yeah, look past them, don't worry about them. There's so much talent being unused and, and wasted, and wasted yeah. because we have this like, oh, once you're a drug addict, you're not useful to society anymore. DMX was a devoutly religious guy to the end. Yeah. As you guys heard at the beginning, we played in one of his prayers. He prayed at every show that he did made some of the hardest and, and made some of the hardest shit you ever heard in your life. Yeah. DMX. I mean, uh, sucks. He, he DMX revolutionized music when he came out, when he did, because if you remember when DMX came out, it was bad boy era. Mm-hmm. So it was like Mason. We're partying and bring the champagne and the shiny suits and the, the haircuts mm-hmm. and, you know, all this time he came out and, man, fuck all. I mean, and it was like, whoa. Yeah. You know, like he I was like, damn, like yeah. shit was crazy. Blue global. The Rough Riders just blew up. Oh, man. I can't really, you know, I, I know our audience is, you know, probably not. There's a probably a, definitely a ton of people who understand what we're saying, but there's definitely a lot of people listening who don't really understand 
what we're describing. But you, when when the Rough Riders anthem came out, it's hard to even really explain. That's what one that of my was favorite about. favorite beats. One of my favorite beats. One of my favorite music videos. Yeah. It takes me back to a Crazy. time when I was just a young kid. I had I had cousins who were like. 17 and, and in the streets and cool and I was like oh my god I just want a Rough Riders vest yeah, the I want to be on a quad bike I want to be on a yeah. four wheeler like in the streets like you just don't understand what that movement was like and it was the you go watch the Rough Riders anthem music video yeah. right now it's one of the hardest like you're like oh my god like I want to be in New York I want to be in the streets turn the fu- yeah. open the fire hydrants up I want to be I want to be in the mix you know like yeah. it just was you hear everybody talk about Cardi B and Nicki Minaj Eve Eve they don't, they don't, people, oh, people man. don't know that people don't understand. People don't know it, it was, it really was the golden age yeah, of hip hop, you know. Was, and for people who aren't times. really familiar with, you know, 90s rap music, it was some of the most incredible lyricism and just raw shit you've ever heard. And DMX was battling drug addiction through all of his success. Yeah, it's crazy to hear about that, like drug addiction, because it's like, like, for like, for example, Mac Miller, God couldn't even function in society with if he wasn't. On some, yeah, yeah. That's that is crazy. Yeah, that's wild. That's yeah. it's, it's wild. Having a codependent re- relationship with drugs is, you know, looked down upon in society, but it's less looked down upon if you take a Xanax every day. Yeah, you know, because that's doctor prescribed. You know, I could smoke weed every day. I don't smoke weed because my job drug tests. Same here. So, but I like being under the influence of marijuana. I think that it it calms me down. It makes me less anxious in society and being Thanks. around people. I'm easy to deal. I, it makes me. It makes it easier for me to deal with people. Makes me sleep better. Yeah, it makes me sleep. So many other things. Yeah. But saying you're dependent on a drug is looked down upon. But that's what that is. If I go, oh, I sleep better when I'm on this, or yeah. you know, I'm able to just function better, or my appetite's better, or anything like that. Yeah, you do have some kind of attachment to that drug, you know. And if you're able to function. I think people would be able to function better in society if we took away the demonization and we're like, how do we make you able to function in the world and do this? I think because just, I think people I, should be able to choose. I think it's the, yeah, but I think it's the amount that absolutely. That but I think that when you of, yeah. legalize something, yeah. you can regulate it and tell and 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 study it and yeah. figure out okay, this is how much you can take to get the edge off because this, yeah. for a lot of people dealing with drug addiction. You're just taking it not to get sick after the first couple of years. Mm. You're not like, oh, it's not. People have this idea in their brain. They're like, oh, you're choosing to be high on heroin every day instead of your family and a job. And it's like, no, that person is sick at this point. Like they might not even get as much of a high at this point as they did in the beginning. They just need it so they don't go through withdrawals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, which I hear are some of the most painful things you'll you'll ever go through. Right. Going through trying to kick a, a drug habit is terrible, right? So this idea that it's like you're choosing to party and have a good time over over family and and all these kind of things like that, and it's like it's so much deeper than that, man. Mm. And if people took the time to really try to understand that, I think we'd be in a better place, you know, yeah. uh, because there's people who aren't DMX who are dealing with drug addiction. No. Everybody, you know, when they overdose or pass away or you know relapse the whole world isn't behind them sending them hearts and love and praise yeah it just happens to be that dmx is a very revered person yeah but this is happens to people every day you know and i'm not a drug expert or any i'm not any a, t- a toxicology expert i'm just saying i think that we should try to destigmatize drug addiction because it would help people you know not making people feel like pieces of shit and worthless and not worthy of being 
saved isn't really conducive to them kicking a drug habit, learning how to function with their drug habit, or help, or help, help. you know, anything, yeah. you know, like it, it's not conducive to anything. So yeah. rest in peace to DMX. Let's try to work together to destigmatize drug addiction. And uh, yeah, man, give people their flowers while they're still here. That's all I really got to say on the DMX situation. Yeah. Uh, another story I wanted to just touch on briefly was, I don't know if did you hear about this Philip Adams story, this, this former football player who shot up a whole family. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I did another big, I mean, it's not official, but everybody, you know what everybody's saying is that, it, yeah, it was, that yeah. was CTE related. Um, the, they're doing an autopsy on his brain. That usually takes a few weeks to get results back. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, for sure. But everybody who knows him is saying, yeah, he was the nicest guy. Like everybody's saying like, this is so out of character, which Somebody dies, you're going to say nice things about him. But a lot of the research that I did, people were like, yeah, no, he was a hardworking guy. You know, he, he was a journeyman football player. Like, he wasn't a star. I think he was still within some kind of age that he could play if he was if he was J.J. Watt, you yeah. know. And it's like, you're 31, but you're J.J. Watt. You have something left in you. Yeah. He was never that great to begin with. So right. once the age comes, you're like, That's oh, it. you can't make a ro- – you're not good enough to be on a roster. And that was a battle that he was facing because that's how he put food on the table for his family. Yeah. So he was going through some financial problems. But the fact that the guy that he killed, uh, Dr. Bob Leslie, was a doctor. Doctor, yeah. Who had treated him before in the past, according to some reports. Not for CTE, though, but the fact that it was a doctor and that this was so crazy, it makes people go to CTE. Yeah. You know, Um We've talked about CTE briefly on this uh, show because I feel like I've, I've asked you or we have, we've we had conversations about, like, if the players know what the risk is, then I'm not saying, like, hey, d- football shouldn't be played. But I don't, I don't feel like these players, from a, a young age even, are getting the full information about what CTE is, that it's not preventable because of what you're doing as a sport and what the ramifications of banging your head up against the ground and the other people and – everything that you do in your brain jiggling around in your skull, what that can do to your brain and the the future for your life. I don't think they're being given all that information properly Mm -hmm. to make the right decision. But if they are my mistake, because if you go, okay, yeah, but if this is the end result or a junior Seau or a, a Chris Benoit or, you know, so many other stories that we've heard of people who have CTE if this can be the end result, I feel like that whole idea that I initially said at parts in this podcast of like, well, if you know the risk, if you know the risks, like, but you can set your family up generationally, I feel like a lot of people would take that risk. Yeah. But most people that play football aren't able to set their family up generationally. Most people that play football, two to three years uh, career, you know, very short this career for very the, short window yeah. for the average football player. Not everybody's Ezekiel Elliott and, and depending Aaron, on what, you, what position you stuff that too. Like yeah. you know, if you're a quarterback, yeah, you're probably going to get paid a good amount of money for your career. But if you're a, the people who are in the trenches, the linebackers and the free safeties and the, the people backs, that are yeah, and the running backs yeah. and the people that are taking the hits, he, they say Aaron Hernandez had the brain of like an eighty year old man, and same he was like twenty seven. Yeah, Chris oh, yeah, Crispin Wall's she brain was, was insane. Yeah, but wrestling is nuts, you know. Wrestling. Why do you have a brain of an eighty-year-old person though? Because it deteriorates your brain. Oh, it just deteriorates. I mean, okay. yeah. I mean, when you when you it like puts holes in your brain. Yeah. All the damage that it does, it starts to like rot your brain away. So that's what an eighty-year an eighty-year-old person's brain look like. Yeah. Well, it's slowly. You know, that's what dementia comes from, and all these. Yeah, yeah. Your brain is slowly withering away. So, um, I don't know the situation with Philip Adams. He could have just he could have just snapped, completely unrelated to CTE. But the odds are 
not I, I would I would put my I would put money down on this being CTE related. I yeah. mean, for it to just be out of the blue, he killed Dr. Bob, his wife, mm-hmm. two of their grandkids, yep. shot a guy that was working on their house, yep. and then another guy is currently fighting for his life. I don't know if he's out of um, critical condition yet. His name was Robert Shook. Uh, he he like just went into to, went to these people's home or their practice or something. And just shot them, shot them up, you know? Yeah, th- seeing that story... Nine and five, the kids were. ...was pretty much, um, if for me, I I haven't been on social media since, like, two days ago. Yeah. I said I'm going to take a two-week break, so I haven't been on social Taking media Taking a toll on you? Yeah, man, I just yeah. can't... Just people just being in the wrong place at the wrong time and just being innocently killed. Just, I can't... Yeah. I can't... It's kind of hard for me to... Especially the shit that happened... Yeah, by, it, by your job. It's like, I can't even, yeah. I can't, I, I just can't seem to think about, because like now I wake up and go, you know, could could I walk out? You know, it's just like, you yeah. go to the store every, you you just go to the store every day. You go know, you just. Every day before you pandemic, see, you go to the like, movies often, and it's just, you go to festivals. It, you just could be in the wrong, it's like, I can't, I can't, I can't stand to see that stuff every day. So I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta leave social media alone for a little bit. I was like, I'm just, I'm gonna just take a two week break. So I haven't been on it. I've been feeling great to be quite honest with you, because I'm not. The first thing I'm not doing is getting up and getting on my phone. And sure. When I get home, getting on my phone. It's yeah. just like, it's, I get been, that. it's been great though. I get that. Yeah. It is, Um, it's a lot. And I think we got so wrapped up in pandemic yeah. over the last year and yeah. everything being locked down and being stressed out about that, that we forgot that this shit was happening every day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Before the pandemic, yeah. it was a sh- school shooting and a public event shooting, people shooting up video game Com- remember this yeah. somebody from here from, from Maryland like went to a Madden tournament and shot up some people Yeah. so this shit was happening all the time and now it's getting nice people getting cocky businesses yep. opening back up and it's just back to business as usual you know yeah. as soon as stuff starts to open back up it's like there are people who go oh cool yeah let me get my gun and I'm having a bad day or I'm you know demented or whatever so I'm gonna go shoot some people up yeah. now everything's open again people are out I'm gonna go to the FedEx and shoot some people or I'm gonna go to here it's crazy that it really is. It's like it's like clockwork. Yeah, everything was shut down. There weren't as many here. You didn't hear as many things about shootings. As soon as it starts getting warm, the thing yeah, in Colorado right. happens. Somebody shoots up a Trader Joe's, and it's been like yeah. ever since I heard about that one. It's been like every week. There's it's, been a thing it's, every it's week. Like, and I was like, like, I can't like six weeks. Yeah, I was like, I can't deal with it anymore. I can't do yeah. it. But also, as we discussed many a times, there are plenty of people all across the planet dealing with mental health issues, being you know. T- uh, taking care of their mental health issues, getting on the right doses of medicine, uh, going to therapy, all of these things that don't go and shoot people. But that's 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 so what I mean. There's something else that's, that's going on. That's that's make that makes it even worse though. For yeah. You to go, I have a problem, but it's got it's your guys' fault why I have the problem. Yeah. So you guys, I have to kill you guys. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. So even people who are these people who, if they even if mental health is their issue, there are there are people. With those right. same mental health issues, right. who go and get the help? Yeah. So it's still on them. It's not like oh, it's not his. It's not their fault. They have mental health issues. No, no, no. no. There's people with mental health issues who go and get the help that they need. Yeah. So there's something else radicalizing these people, and may, maybe they're thinking like maybe it's because mental health is so stigmatized as well. Everything comes back to me back to like. Toxic masculinity and 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 hyper masculinity and being like, oh no, I'm tough, man. I don't need I don't need that shit. Therapy. I don't need to talk to anybody about my problems. Medicine. Nah, I'm cool. I hear stuff in my head sometimes, but fuck, it's fine. I'm fine. And I don't need that shit. That's for weak people. I feel like that plays a part in it as well. Just society, men in society, people in society. Nobody wants to admit that they have a problem. 
and then the problem creeps up on them and it's too late for you to do anything about it. So, you know, I always try to just say, you know, just destigmatize all anything that I can as a black man in America. I always try to say like, hey man, like uh therapy is cool. Experimenting with 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 psychedelic and psychotropic drugs is cool. It allows you to deal with some things that you might be dealing with internally in a in a positive and peaceful way. You know, meditation is good. These are good things to do as opposed to just bottling up things and getting tight and wound up. And aside from going out and hurting people, like by killing them, this leads, this leads to, it can lead to stress, which can lead to all kind of medical issues. So outside of you hurting other people, you're hurting yourself when you're not taking care of your mentals, take care of your mentals, man. Cause like that can come back and affect you physically. So outside of people going out and snapping and hurting people, you're doing damage to yourself when you're not taking care of your mentals. So that's just a little, you know, little PSA from the Affirmative Murder Boys, man. Like, you know, rest in peace to everybody involved. Now, let me make sure I you know, say their names. Uh, rest in peace to Ada, Noah, James Lewis, uh, Bob Leslie, Barbara Leslie, and prayers to uh, Robert Shook, who last I checked was in critical condition in the hospital. So hopefully he's able to make a turnaround and uh, get back out and live his life. Uh, but moving on, transitioning into some more positive things, uh, shout out to Laura Washington. Applause to her. Uh, we did another Patreon contest. She won it about, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes this time. Did another one? Yeah, man. I keep thinking I make it harder. The same person won? Wait. No, the same person can't win. This is Laura Washington. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I keep saying, Hey, you guys have it from this day. You guys have three days. And then 15 minutes later, people are like, I got it. Mm. So... I don't know how to, I, I don't know. I thought, I thought I made this one pretty hard, friend. Yeah. I asked them what our favorite drink was. Uh, what's mine? Well, our favorite drink combined oh, is what's eggnog. Ours? Oh, yeah. It's eggnog. Uh, I, asked I them, thought you meant like alcoholism. No. Yeah. Do you even have a favorite alcoholic drink? Mm. You just like stuff that tastes good. Yeah, I like fruity stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's no specific <laughs> thing. Whatever. Margarita, whatever. Get you by. Uh, but yeah, I asked the favorite beverages question. I thought I asked some pretty hard questions. No, yeah. I asked a, a riddle I thought was pretty hard. Heck no, that was easy though. You get no, but some people got it wrong. What 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 did some people say? I need to uh, hear like answers. a ice latte. Somebody said cream soda, and I was like, I don't think I've ever even mentioned a cream soda. Gross. I don't even like cream soda. <laughs> but like I said, congratulations to Laura Washington. She got all the answers right. You know, and within twenty thirty minutes. Man, they be on the ball. Yeah, man. some. I'm, First, first contest, eight minutes. Yeah. This one, 20 minutes. Jeez. So at least I want people to have to take a day to have to go watch, listen to some podcasts, really try. I'll get them. I'll get, I'll get y'all. I will get you very fine people who contribute to our yeah. Patreon. I'm very thankful. <laughs> but I will get you people one of these days. It's not going to, it's not going to take 20 minutes next time. But, uh, you know, uh, let's go ahead and just transition into the celebrations because Ooh. we're talking about Patreon anyway. Uh, let's go ahead and kick this off. That's right. Uh, shout out to everybody who's joined the Patreon. We will continue. As I've already stated, in the month of April, if you join the Patreon, you get a free sticker. If you're already on the Patreon and you want a free sticker, hit us up in the DMs. I will happily send you a sticker, man. You know, thank you for the support. Uh, we're going to kick things off first with uh, a shout out to Dana M. Dana. Ain't a, ain't a better person around than Dana. Shout out to Dana. Up. <laughs> oh, Jesus, man. Up next, we got Benazir. I've been a I've been a fan of yours for a long time, Benazir. Mm. I hope you've been a fan 
of ours as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was bad. Yeah. Uh, up next, we got Jill and not Jack and Jill. Oh, that's it, Jill? It's just oh, okay. Jill. She dropped Jack, and, and she just won't go up the hill to fetch yeah. a pail of water. She won't do it. Uh, up next, we got... Up next, we got Tish the Dish. I don't. I don't even need to do anything with that. It's. It's already there. T yeah. to the D. Shout we out to did you. On purpose. Yeah. Yeah. She gave herself the. the yeah. Tish. Yeah. She is the dish. T the D. Shout out to you. Much love and appreciation. Thanks for joining the Patreon. Tish the Dish. And lastly, we got Tiara. Mm. That's what she deserves. Boom. Right on the head. Bling. Yeah. A Tiara because she's a princess. Maybe. I don't know. Shout out to you, Tiara. Much love and appreciation. Shout out to y'all. Everybody that I just mentioned. Uh, shout out to everybody. Uh, I don't really. Um, Fran, I, I'm just I'm just not good at this game, man. Which I'm fine with. Mm. Everybody's not going to have. This isn't Flavor of Love. Everybody's going to get some awesome nickname. Deal with it. Everybody can't be Boots with a Z. Yeah. Get over yourself. I'm not good at the game. Let it go. Maybe it's what I stopped. Sorry, that was my bad. I, was, I came in a little high. That, that. that was my bad. Yeah, sorry about yeah. that. Thanks to everybody on the Patreon. Shout out to you guys. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. Chickens, Diet Coke, reality TV, and murder don't seem like things that should go together, but somehow they do. If you're looking for your next binge worthy podcast and you like your true crime light on the gore, then you should check out our show, Moms and Murder, a true crime podcast hosted by myself, Mandy, and my dear friend, Melissa. Each week, we give our take on a new crime story, balancing our delivery of facts and levity while still giving the stories the respect they deserve and making you feel like you're a part of the conversation. And there are over 100 episodes to binge. Search Moms and Murder on your favorite podcast app and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. All right, we are back, Fran. It is yeah. my turn to go first this week. Right. Uh, by multiple requests, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Patrick Dennehy and Carlton Dotson. And multiple requests, multiple requests from people. Well, because it was the biggest scandal in Baylor's history, to my knowledge, anyway. And Baylor just won the national championship, so people mm. it kind of sparked or re-sparked an interest in people to be like, "Hey, I'd love to hear about this story that happened at, at Baylor a few years back." So. By a couple of requests, I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and dig into that. And this is pretty interesting. I've never heard of it. So Patrick Dennehy was born in Santa Clara, California in 1982 and grew up loving basketball. He transferred to Baylor University from the University of New Mexico following his 2001-2002 sophomore season. After redshirting the 2002-2003 season, Dennehy was preparing to play basketball for the Baylor Bears men's basketball team in the upcoming 2003-2004 season. Carlton Dotson was a junior power forward at the, on the Baylor team who was a friend of Dennehy's, attended North Dorchester High School in Herlock, Maryland, and Parrish Junior College before transferring to Baylor in the summer of 2002. In the summer of 2003, Dennehy and Dotson indicated that they were concerned about their safety. They had purchased two pistols and a rifle, practicing firing them at a farm north of Waco, Texas, where Baylor University is located. Wait, what? safety for what? Safety from, they had got some threats from some players on the team, which I'll get to, but they just weren't feeling safe, so they strapped up Hmm. and started practicing firing at a farm, like, to practice their aim in case they had to use these weapons that they bought to protect themselves. No, like, at targets and stuff, just because, like, cans cans of beans Yeah, you know, but you're out in the middle of nowhere on a farm, so you don't have to worry about hitting something. Yeah. You know, shoot some bales of hay. On January 14th, Patrick Dennehy told friend Daniel Acapani that he was worried about the about threats made to Dotson by two fellow teammates. Then he also indica- indicated that he and Dotson would be at a party the following day at which neither of them showed up. 
After both men failed to attend this party, there were indications that something had gone wrong. Dennehy's mother and stepfather, Valerie and Brian Barbazon, were concerned that they had received no calls on Father's Day. And Dennehy's roommate returned home from a vacation to find that his dog had not been fed. Mm. On June 19th, the Barbazons filed a, a report with Waco Police Department that Dennehy was missing. On January 25th, Dennehy's car was found in Virginia Beach, Virginia, with its license plates removed. Now, and where are they from? He, they were playing football. They were, they were playing basketball at Waco, at, in, at Baylor in Waco, Texas. So that is Damn. across the country. Yeah. That part I wasn't able to find more details on. It's very strange. Crazy. But he had been missing for over a week at this point. So I guess it's possible that him or somebody drove his car to Virginia Beach, Virginia. Just him. What do you mean? It's, I thought it was another guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Dotson uh, is Dotson. Like? Yeah, Dotson. So Dotson they, hasn't been indicated in anything so far in my story. So, okay. Yeah. But he wasn't missing, though. Carlton Dotson was not missing. Gotcha. Though. Okay. An affidavit filed on June 23rd. So he, he, he was reported missing on June 25th. Mm-hmm. An affidavit filed on June 23rd, which was unsealed on June 30th, seeking a search warrant for Dennehy's com, uh, computer, says that an, an informant in Delaware told police that Dotson, who by now was at home in Maryland, told a cousin that he had shot and killed Dennehy during an argument while firing guns in Waco in the Waco area. Wait, what? Then it was cool. Maybe they were cool according to Dotson. So he went home. He went home, but he went home to Maryland, which is pretty fucking close to Virginia. Yeah, which is on so the way. So the last time he was the last time Dennehy and Dotson were seen together was in Waco, Texas, and then now he ends up popped up back in Maryland. Yeah. And Dennehy's car is in in Virginia Beach. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. On July 21st, Dotson was charged with Dennehy's murder and taken into custody in Maryland. The search for for Dennehy continued until July 25th, when a badly decomposed body was found in a gravel pit near Waco and was taken to Dallas for an autopsy. On July 30th, his death was ruled a homicide. And on August 7th, a memorial service was held for for Dennehy in San Jose, California. Following a stint in which Dotson's competency to stand trial was in question, he ended up pleading guilty to the murder on June 8, 2005, and was sentenced a week later to 35 years in prison. Dotson is currently an inmate at the Texas Department of Criminal Justice and will be eligible for parole after he has served about half of his sentence. Uh, Here's how the story became a bigger scandal for Baylor, though. So in early August 2003, Allegations arose concerning Dennehy's ability to remain with Baylor basketball team during the 2002-2003 academic year without an athletic scholarship. Allegations of impropriety within Baylor's athletic department surfaced and University President Robert B. Sloan appointed an investigative panel to determine if there were any potential violations of National College Athletics Association rules at the school. I got a question. So the threats that he was getting, that had nothing to do. It was just. They were receiving threats. I don't have much details on that. Nah. It does come It does come back up again. So the threats oh. were real, but they got into an argument, and then they were they had guns. So, you know, sometimes when you get in an argument, you feel a little bit more emboldened when you got a gun in your hand. Yeah. You know, as we've discussed before. But they got in an argument. There were guns around. It ended in Danny being shot. But here's where. Like, as I just mentioned, there were some concerns that Dennehy's ability to remain at Baylor was in question because they had ran out of scholarships. 
and yet he was able to still be on the team. Mm. So, th- it, so basically, this death spotlight put a spotlight on Baylor and rose a lot of questions because they're like, well, Dennehy doesn't seem like he was supposed to even be there at the school because yeah. you guys were out of scholarships. So then they did some more digging, and then I'll get into what the digging turned up. They discovered that having reached the limits on team scholarships, Baylor head coach Dave, Dave Bliss secretly paid Dennehy's tuition and that of a fellow teammate named Corey Herring. Herring and his family had no knowledge of this. He was under, according to him, he was under the impression that he was on scholarship. And, and I also want to say I'm 90% confident that this is just every school is doing this. They go, we're out of scholarships, but we want this guy. Just tell him that, tell him he's on scholarship and just pay his tuition. Yeah. Oh, uh, that kid's a star. Give him uh, A's in all his classes. It's still a full ride. It's still the same thing, ain't it? What do you mean? Scholarship, it's but it's illegal. There's rules. It's illegal, but I'm just saying for him, it's like it's a, yeah, a it's a full ride. His school is being paid for, but yeah. it's supposed to be being paid for by a scholarship. Not you're not supposed to pay students to come to your school. At least under the rules, you time. should. Yeah. That's what I'm. That's my point. Yeah, is that you should. I think you should pay students, but you're not under the rules. You're not allowed to. So to pay for somebody's school to uh, education is paying the money. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's a damn it, good player. Oh, that kid? I yeah. mean, I guess so. Yeah, he must have been, a, you know, if they paid. If, if, I mean, if, if the coach took a risk like that. Yeah, for sure. But my point is, it's, it's not a risk unless a kid gets murdered at your school. And oh, then yeah. there's a spotlight. Oh, I feel like this out. happens right, at right, Duke. Right. and I, I feel like this is just, everybody does this. They wouldn't have found out if it did. If there wasn't such a yeah. big event that happened and it put a spotlight gotcha. on them. And then they're like, oh, we did actually find some stuff in our investigation. So you got to get thrown under the bus. Like I said, he was paying, uh, he was paying for the tuition of... Uh, 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 Den- Patrick Dennehy and another student named Corey Herring. During the investigation, Bliss publicly claimed that Dennehy paid paid his tuition by being a drug dealer, which is super gross because basically he was guilty. But in in order to try to save his own ass, he went super racist and was like, "This kid who's in school, trying to play basketball, trying to better his life." Oh, he. I didn't pay for his school. He paid for his school by being a drug dealer on the side. And that was like his go-to. Oh, he lied. To expunge, to like, to like expunge his record. He goes, no, 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 that guy, that guy is a drug dealer. I didn't pay anything. But he did. Yeah. So he lied. And his, his immediate instinct was to go to something that he thought people would just buy immediately. Look at him. He's a drug dealer. I didn't do that. You know? So that's where it goes from like, oh, this happens all the time. And everybody does this. But then when you got to, when you got to try to save your ass, how weaselly are you willing to get? And Dave Bliss got pretty fucking weaselly. Yeah. He alleged that the dead Patrick Dennison, Dennehy, Denny, yeah. was a drug dealer yep. and paid for his tuition with drug money. Yep. That's fucked up, man. You do you do all that. And then they go, I gotta get out of this some way. Yeah. Just to go like, nah, he's a drug dealer. He paid yeah. for that. I didn't, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. He probably died because of a drug deal. And then you're like, whoa. That is so dirty. Yeah, very, very much so. Oh, and it gets dirtier. He's, he he continues to roll around in that dirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like I said, he alleged that uh, he paid for his schooling by selling drugs. And Bliss was soon under, under investigation by the university and the NCAA. Additionally, within weeks preceding his resignation, Bliss flew to New York City. This is crazy. Bliss flew to New York City without the knowledge of anyone, including his wife, in an attempt to convince Herring's mother, the other boy who he was paying for his tuition, Corey Herring, mm-hmm. to convince Corey Herring's mother to lie about paying the $18,641 for his tuition. Was he going to pay her again? 
No, he just. I, oh. I mean, I don't know if money was put on the table, but I think he, at the very least, he was like, just say you, say you paid for it, because I, I did, I paid. I think he probably. I don't think he came with money. He probably was like, I already paid for it. Yeah, I gave you basically. 18 I sent your kid to school yeah and she so like just, she like lives in the projects or something. yeah so he's like just accept this and just lie lie on lie under oath for me yeah that's crazy <laughs> yeah like I live in a, how am I, why would they believe that yeah you know I just <laughs> I live you know, in a one bedroom yeah apartment. I live in the peas bro yeah I don't have 18,000 you think they're just gonna believe that I scrounged together 18,000 right you don't think they're gonna fucking get the IRS on me to look FBI, at my record yeah, then I, and yeah, whatnot. fuck that and fuck you yeah <laughs> Get the fuck out. Yeah, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> uh, later, Bliss even pretended to be Herring's father. David Bliss is a 60... 60- he did what? I have to assume it was on the phone. <laughs> it had to be on the phone. David Bliss is the whitest... He looks like uh, Tim the Toolman uh, Taylor's neighbor. The guy that... The <laughs> you guy can't that, see his... Uh, yeah, it's just his nose and his, his forehead. And yeah, the guy... He looks like the rest of that. Yeah. He looks like that guy. And Corey Herring is... Black. A black collegiate athlete. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, hey. From I, the inner city. That's why I have to assume it. <laughs> is, that's why I have to assume it was over the phone. Had to be three weeks. He's like, uh, yeah, hello. Uh, what up? I'm uh, Corey Herring's uh, pops here. And uh, the homie, uh, he called to get some information. Like, are you guys doing any investigations on Corey and how he paid for his school? And they found out it was him. So, <laughs> like, they, they were like, Dave? Uh, never know, that, homie. You know I, I keep it G always. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, I gotta go. The uh, um, there's uh, ribs in the oven. B- uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> that always. Whenever I do my white guy voice, it always makes me think of when Chappelle show when he when he was um, uh, Tron and he was on the phone. And he was like, I can see I, coming I, at twelve. Yeah, I'll be there uh, right. somewhere between uh twelve and three thirty. Uh, yeah, sure, that's no problem, Tron. <laughs> see you when you get here. Okay, now one love. <laughs> I uh, I love you too. <laughs> okay back to the story oh, <laughs> so like i said he pretended to be his dad and he attempted to he did, he attempted to get evidence that from the school on whether or not the ncaa was investigating him and when he called baylor's financial aid office he uh he called he called pretending to be Corey herring's father to check on payments made to herring's account so he's basically obstructing justice and interfering in an investigation and pretending to be somebody, he was like stealing somebody's identity. In the investigation. So he was calling, he was calling around being like, Hey, how you doing? I'm Corey Herring's father. Yeah. I was just calling to see if you guys were inv- investigating that guy, Dave bliss, his coach. Cause I heard there's something going on at the school and yeah. I just wanted to see how this affects my son. And then he called the financial aid department. Like, Hey, I'm Corey Herring's father. I'm just calling to see about some payments made to his account and see if you guys still have a record of that. It's the, it's the feds, bro. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. investigating. They, 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 they traced yeah, yeah. it back to it being him. So after a litany of rule violation allegations, Dave Bliss stated, we have followed the rules, however difficult they may be, for 30 years. And I also want to say once again, I am 90% sure that whatever uh, Dave Bliss has been accused of doing, no matter how weaselly he ended up trying to get out of it, every school is currently doing all of this. The NCA is a corrupt organization built on exploitation of labor. And when you build a system like that, they find ways and rabbit holes and loopholes to fuck people and they fuck people every day because that's the system that's being built. Why are these students not being paid any money? And the NCAA is a billion dollar industry built on the backs of children playing basketball and football and all these sports for free. Yeah. Why is it that that's the institution? So when they go, well, you can't pay for a kid's food. 
You can't give him money to buy food. His, his payment is his education, but he can't eat. There are kids get, going to school, five-star recruits, who don't have money on their card to get lunch. Because, because, and there's a whole community of people who would be like, you fucking play for the, you play for Duke basketball. Yeah. I'll, you can eat here for free. Yeah. No, I can't do, you can't do that, man. Sorry, I'll get in trouble. You know? They don't, they don't even do four years anyway. Exactly. They do one, so they you don't do, even get that. Do you don't six get, months so most, or whatever it most, is. Most players don't get the education anyway because they're trying to go to the league. That's why that, that documentary of Ben Simmons, I loved it. I don't know if you saw that documentary when he was just like, it was a documentary of him saying like, I don't, I don't, I don't even need, I don't want to, I don't want to be here for the one. I'm year. here to play basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Want me to go to class. I'm not going to class. I don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going here to go into the NBA. Yes, we all to know make the, some money. Everybody knows the hustle. Yeah. I'm not trying to get a communications degree. Yeah. Why are you making me go to English one? Yeah. He was like, I don't want to be here. I have to do. And y'all know I don't want to be here. I have to do two a days. I have to eat 6,000 calories a day to stay the weight that I am. You think I have time to try to learn about Shakespeare? It's crazy. But that's why I'm a, a proponent of the NBA opening up this G League thing. Yeah. I'm fine with that. But you know who's not fine with that? The NCAA. Yeah. Because it's a billion-dollar industry. The coaches Look, are making millions. Millions of dollars. That's why. And the coaches are making millions of dollars. And the coaches, you know what they can do? They just changed the rule this year. But a coach can go, you know what? I don't really, I don't really want to coach a Baylor anymore. I'm going to go to Gonzaga. And they can just do that. But a, yeah, but a kid has to sit out a year and lose a year of, of, of tape, mm. lose a year of potentially, you know, boosting their draft ability yeah. if they want to go to a different school. If they don't get any minutes at that school, whatever, X, Y, and Z, they have to sit a year. But a coach can just go, I don't want, I quit. I'm going to go work here now. That's the whole thing. It's a whole complicated thing because one thing I will say is like a Zion Williamson when he was yeah. in college. Like, yeah, if you're going to pay students, you got to pay Zion Williamson. Yeah. Do you have to pay the third string shooting guard? No. You know, yeah, you know, like so that's gonna be a whole different fight because it's like does it though? You know, who, you know who put you know who puts the butts in the seats. Yeah, but how do you get a team to play for you when it's clearly favoritism? Yeah, you know, sure. so it's 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 a difficult conversation. Yeah. So I don't know how to how the bridge you cross it, but yeah. what is clear is that the system's built on exploitation of free labor. That's just that's yeah. just a fact. That's true. Now, how do you pay people? I don't know because I can't. You can't justify. You pay Jalen Suggs whatever he wants. He's the biggest, highest recruited kid to go to Gonzaga ever. Yeah. Do you pay the third guy from the bottom what you pay Jalen Suggs? Absolutely not. He probably won't even play in any major games. But NBA do it. Yeah, but everybody's getting paid in the NBA. If Jalen Suggs is getting paid and everybody else is not getting paid, how how do you go? Yeah, that's all. Everybody, uh, one hand in the get everybody hands up. Team on <laughs> team on three. Yeah. And he leaves off in, in a Range Rover. I mean, you and pay you're hungry. Too. I mean, you pay them too though. But not as much as but you pay Jalen Suggs. Yeah. Well, how do you convince? How do you? Or let con- them get endorsements. Or that too. There's a you. That's a, that's a, that's that's actually. I'm actually gonna move on because that's a good point you bring up. Yeah. Let them be able to go out and go. Hey, Arby's, yeah. like local commercials, and they can Ugh, make a couple Arby's. racks here and there. Yeah. But you can go like, hey, come to this dealership, and they get a quick five hundred here, five hundred there. Yeah. yeah. Allow them to. Mm. I agree. On the day after Dennehy's memor- memorial service, Bliss met with Baylor's investigators and was told that Dennehy's girlfriend had accused him of paying a portion of Dennehy and Herring's tuition not covered by the financial aid. Both payments violated the NCAA rules, and Bliss confessed to making the payments, which totaled $7,000. This, combined with the violations of Baylor's drug test policy, because basically they were saying uh, there were parents complaining about drug use and that they, it wasn't being reported because, 
they're the stars of the, the stars of the teams are smoking weed in the dorms. Okay, guys. Hey, you have a meeting, and this again, this is what I say. All the schools do this. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. Hey, listen. On Tuesday, three months from now, we're drug testing for weed. Yeah. So, be clean on that day. Yep. All right, guys. Let's go. You know, it, it's little subtle ways to do it. They're not. They're not saying like, "Hey, guys, smoke weed all you want," but they'll go, "Hey, the drug test is this day. Be clean." And I tell you like this: If you're Zion Williamson, his test is going to be clean. I promise you that. <laughs> Zion Williamson in Duke is not missing a game or missing ten games because he smoked weed. Yeah, his they're not, t- letting, his piss, naked. They're not his, letting naked out there. His piss will be nice and clean. Somebody's piss will be nice and clean in that cup. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that goes on. But a kid was murdered tragically at this school, so Dave Bliss got a spotlight put on him, and all the stuff that all these other schools definitely do, he got exposed for, and he went out looking like a weasel and tried to weasel weasel around, catch flights, go to tell people to lie for him, and you know all this stuff. So, which you know you're making a seven figure job. You've been working there all your life. I guess you'll do what you kind of do to protect your family and your livelihood and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but just blaming caught. a kid who got murdered and calling him a drug dealer, you know, posthumously is super low and pretty fucking gross. Yeah. So, like I said, all this combination of uh, drug violations and the, being accused of the payments and everything, all of these things led for Baylor to, Baylor to forcefully make Dave Bliss resign on August 8th of 2003. On August 16th, the Star-Telegram reported that Dave Bliss had told players to lie to investigators by indicating that Dennehy had paid for his, inst- for his tuition by dealing drugs. So he had a team meeting and told all the players, hey, if you talk to any reporters or any investigators, tell them that Patrick was a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that kid was like, oh, I haven't been getting any minutes. Yeah. A coach is supposed to mold people. And if your coach is telling you, hey, you know your teammate that died? Spit on his name. And because I told you to and lie and somebody just died. And it's just, it's so toxic. Like it, it, it just goes to show you that collegiate sports in a lot of ways has gone so far from the idea of sports being to just better your mental and make you a better person. It's just like, how do we make money and win games? That's what college sports is about. It's not like because if that was the case, anybody would be able to make the college basketball team. Yeah, but it's, imagine if he, imagine if, if 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 the guy was following them rules, and he went, "Yeah, man, we don't have any." Uh, any yeah, you're out of oh, Patrick Denny, he would be still alive, and he would go to another. He went school. to the college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have been just fine. We wouldn't even be doing the story. Yeah, he would have been just fine. That's crazy. So because he bent the rules the way that he did, he kept Patrick Denny in an unsafe situation. He when he fall made, all on him. When they made reports that he was feeling unsafe, him and him and Carlos, even though Carlos ended up shooting him, I mean Carlton, Jesus. Carlton ended up shooting him. They made reports that like we were getting threats from the team. So he was in an unsafe environment. Yep. And then he was basically made to stay there under false pretenses because from, from what I know, he was made to believe that his tuition was that he was on scholarship, even though he wasn't like you said, if, if he wasn't breaking the rules, Patrick Denny, he would have gone to another school and we wouldn't even be talking about this right now. So his obstruction of the rules in a way, in a big way, in a, in more way in more of a way than not at all is a cause to why Patrick Denny is not alive. Yeah. Because he would have just had to go to another school because you guys didn't have any more scholarships. So like I said, he uh he told the whole team to like uh insinuate that Patrick Denny was dealing drugs. These conversations were taped on micro cassette by his assistant coach, Abar Roos, from July thirtieth to August first. On the tapes, 
Bliss was heard instructing players to fabricate the story of Dennehy being a drug dealer to Baylor investigators and also said that talking to the McClan to the McLennan County Sheriff's Department would give him the opportunity to practice his story. This is what he's telling to the team. The tapes also showed that Bliss and his staff knew that Dennehy had been threatened by two other teammates when they publicly denied such knowledge. So out in public, they said, I haven't heard anything about threats or anything like that. But they knew that that was the case. Yeah. And they denied it because he shouldn't have been there. He he wasn't supposed to be there because they were out of scholarships. So you got to go, oh, yeah, I have no reason to think that he didn't feel safe here or something like that. You know, be, you know, he's welcome here. Yeah. So you're already trying to cover your ass, but the whole thread's starting to unravel. He was fucked from the beginning. They were going to find out all this shit at, at some point. So he, always, he was just delay, delaying the inevitable. So uh, his assistant coach, like I said, Rouse, he taped the conversations after Bliss threatened to fire him if he did not go along with the scheme. The revelation shocked Baylor and the college basketball community, which I'm, you know, I'm sure they shocked them, but not because of the rule breaking. This is just a crazy story in general. They were like, oh, we did that too. Should we, let's be a little more secretive about our shit. Right. However, despite the potential allegations of extortion, obstruction of justice and witness tampering, no criminal charges were filed against Bliss. What? The scandal left Baylor's basketball program in ruins. Lawrence Roberts, John Lucas, the third, Kenny Taylor, and Tyrone Nelson transferred to other schools. Two of the four became immediate stars at programs that would win regular season conference titles in 2004. Mm. Roberts became the main inside force at Mississippi State, leading their team in scoring and rebounding and being selected as a first-team All-American, while Lucas stayed in the conference at Oklahoma State, becoming their second-leading scorer and assist leader while helping the team reach the Final Four. Taylor transferred to the University of Texas, at Austin, and Nelson enrolled at Prairie View A&M University. A year later, Herring, Corey Herring, transferred to Canisius College. I'm not familiar with that school. That's the second, the second one. That's the other guy that he was paying yeah, for his yeah. tuition. Rouse sued his attorney in 2005 for releasing the, inc- the incriminating tapes of Bliss, claiming that it breached the attorney-client privilege. Rouse's attorney claimed that she did no such thing and she didn't know how the tapes got transcribed, but the journalist who published the statements and the tapes got said that he got them from her, his lawyer. And the reason he did that, because check this, this is trippy. And there's also some parallels to like the 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 blue wall of silence in a way, not really, but I, I just see parallels in this stuff. So after Baylor, Rouse, the assistant coach, he had a job as a graduate assistant coach at Midwestern State University in Wichita Falls, Texas. He left that po- he left that position in October 2007 and has not had another job in basketball since. He has said that he has... No, I'm, not, I'm talking about the assistant coach. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, he has said that he feels like he's been effectively blackballed from the collegiate ranks for taping Bliss's statements. Despite the universe... Despite oh, the despite the near, I see where this is going. Yeah, despite the near universal revulsion of Bliss's actions, many leading members of the college basketball coaching fraternity consider Rouse's recording a serious breach of trust. And that is the story of the murder of Patrick Dennehy and how it exposed a major scandal at Baylor University and, you know, in my opinion, the NCAA as a whole. So they essentially calling him a snitch. Yes. That's crazy. For for exposing wow. f- f- mad illegalities. Wow. And, the, and so basically, That's you know, some up. coaches off the record were like, yeah, what Bliss, what Bliss did was fucked up, but I would never have a guy that would record me on my coaching staff. I would never have that be my assistant coach if he would take me. Nah. Wow. So he never got a job again. And his testimony is what exposed this whole thing. But it wasn't a good thing to the coaching, to the college community. And he didn't like, too? 
He did sue. He sued his lawyer, but like, who else can you sue? Can't sue NCAA? For what? Not, Not getting, getting a, a job. job? Yeah. I mean, I guess you could, but like, how do you prove that it's because of what happened to Baylor? But he oh. also might, I don't know his, how good he was of a, I don't know, but it makes sense to me. Never got a job again after this big scandal. They're like, I don't want to touch it. I don't want anybody involved in it to be on my coaching staff. Also, you recorded your coach. That's what. What up. if you try to? What if you want my job and you try to be? And also think about it. Like I said, I think all these coaches are doing this shit. So you might go. You might try to. You know, record me. You might be stacking evidence to get me to try to take my job, Snake. Yeah, that was the story of the Baylor uh, scandal and the death of Patrick Dennehy, committed by Carlton Dotson. Rest in peace to him. And uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Pay the players. I don't know how. Figure it out. Let them make my. I don't know. Figure it out, man. It's not right. It is. Expo- it is exploiting labor. It is a. It is a form. It is. A, I'm not gonna take it openly. Yeah. It is. It is. It is. It is, <laughs> it is a. It is a form of exploitation that is absolutely disgusting. The way they work these kids. And I understand these kids are trying to follow a dream. But if you look at the statistics, 400. There are 400 NBA spots. Most kids playing college right now are not going to the pros. Yeah. And they're tearing their their ACLs. They're fracturing their bone. They're putting their bodies on the line for a dream that is most likely to not come true. So again, rest in peace it's to Patrick up. Dennehy, yeah. man. Um, uh, thank you to the people who asked for this because I don't, again, I don't know who is listening to this, who maybe didn't find this that entertaining, but I did. I like sports related crime stories because they kind of combine two things that I'm very interested in. I thought it was so, a great story. So this one, this is one that I, I really enjoyed uh, learning about. And I had, I didn't, I haven't even heard of this. So when they were like, can you do the Patrick Dennehy story? I was like, I don't know who that is, but I'll look into it. You yeah. know? Uh, so thank you for the recommendation. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stick around. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Affirmative Murder is brought to you by The Social High Five. During 2020, we all had to adapt to some very unexpected conditions. It was no different for us sports fans. We're all anxiously looking forward to the time that we can reopen sports bars and stadiums, but COVID, flu, and other health risks are still very real. Now, though, there's an awesome new way for fans to cheer on their team and still keep their hands germ-free. With The Social High Five. Made from a sturdy, light, and easy-to-clean styrene, The Social High Five straps to your hand with ease and allows for a hygienic hand slap after your team scores a big goal, makes a massive play, and hopefully wins the big game. The company actually sent Fran and I a couple of Social High Fives, and while I believe podcasting is a sport, Fran has asked me to stop using mine to slap his butt because, quote, this is not basketball, man. We're talking into microphones. End quote. Give the sports fanatic in your life a helping hand with The Social High Five. Just go to social 
H-I-G-H, the number five, dot com, and order one today. I think this will be a fantastic product for sports bars or even sporting organizations to just have ready for when fans come back, when patrons come back into their businesses to say, hey, we're still following the guidelines. We still want people to be safe, but it's okay to celebrate and cheer when your team does something awesome. So again, go to socialhighfive.com and get you one today. And tell them Affirmative Murder sent you. All right, back to the show. All right, welcome back. Uh, my story, my affirmative murder this week is about the disappearance of Jason Sims Jr. Oh. This is one of the most... Never heard. It's not a lot of information I found on this case. Okay. But the little bit of information I, I did get, it, this is a super odd and bizarre story. I'm all ears. So here we go. So Jason Sims Jr., uh, was missing since January the 1st of 2015 mm-hmm. from Fairfield, Alabama. Um, he's an African, African-American kid. He's born, um, what's for, April? Yes. April 24th, 1992, 1999. So when he was missing, he was, he was supposed to be 15 years old. You said he was born when? 1992? 1999. 1999. He was born in 1999? 1999. In 2015, he went missing. Got it. Okay, got it. Okay. 15. So now he would have been 21, 21 years old. Like now as in today? Now as in today, he would have been 21 years old. The only pictures they have of him is when he was a kid, and they they use that technology, you know, how he would look. Yeah, how he would look right now today. Okay. Um, they were saying that Jason is um, autistic and nonverbal, um, so he was an African-American male with black hair and brown eyes. Mm-hmm. So, authorities with Alabama Department of Human Resources began investigating Jason's parents, Natasha Wright and James Jason Sims Sr., for child neglect in October of 2014. They lived in a 100 block of 59th Street in Fairfield, um, Alabama. The DHR, which is the Department Department of of was aware of two children living in the home at the time. Okay. Ten year old, a ten year old and a twelve year old. They didn't know anything about Jason or his nine year old sibling. So there was four kids? There was four kids, but nobody knew about the other two. Got it. Who was Jason and his other other. Okay. No like nobody nobody saw them or had any How do you have how do you have two kids? You have four kids, but how do you two of them nobody even knew you had these two children. Probably some for some pretty dark reasons. Some crazy yeah. shit. Neither of them had ever been enrolled in school or been to a doctor's recently. Mm. So there is no any way that somebody can keep up with these these other two or even knew they were they, they even existed. existed. Yeah. Based on the conditions at the home, police issued arrest warrants for Wright and Jason Sr. So they said in a couple of videos, I saw two videos. Two, one of the videos said that when they went to go check the home, they had to like go in and like hazmat suits because it was just, oh. it was just that bad in it. Mm. Um, so he was saying that uh, they issue arrest warrants for Wright and Jason Senior, charging them with um, aiding the dependency of minors. They tried to arrest the couple in October, but the family had moved. They went on a run, didn't pack anything in the house. They just left the house as it is, and they just got out of there. Yeah, they had photographs of Wright and Jason Senior. Um, that are posted with the case summary. On January 23rd, 2015, Wright was found unconscious, or Wright is the mom, was found unconscious at the 59th Street residence. So they, at some point, went back to the home. Mm-hmm. Didn't say why she was unconscious at the house. There was no, I didn't see anything about that. Okay. Um, so she was taken to the hospital. When she awoke, she asked, where is Jason? Sure. Right? Jason Jr. 
Jason Jr. It was then that authorities learned that Jason Sims Jr. and his nine-year-old sibling, that's when they found out about those two. Neither of the children had ever been, like I said, had ever been enrolled and went to a doctor. Mm-hmm. The other children were tracked down and found to be um, in the care of relatives, but Jason Jr. was not there. So she's asking for her son. This is after they had already, just, they they have warrants out for themselves. They ran from, ta- from town. Yeah. And then she just popped up back in the house that they used to live in. Unconscious. Asking for the son that nobody knew existed. Yes. So um, then they start looking and they go and they find the kids that they know about. Yeah. But there is no Jason but with those kids. There is no Jason. Got it. Okay. So the other children were tracked down and found to be in the care of relatives, but Jason Jr. was not there. And his father has refused to give any information as to his whereabouts and searches have um, so far come, so far came up empty. So Jason Sr. is still out on the run. Okay. He's not giving, he hasn't given any hints of, um, but by giving any hints, they just mean they haven't found him. They just haven't found him. I mean, like Jason, Jason Senior. That's what I mean. Yeah, they just. But well, when they said like when it says like they have he hasn't given any hints, it implies that like he's arrested or they asked him and he won't say anything. But they can't. They, they don't know where him. he is. Yeah, they don't know where he's at. Um. So like I said, when she regained consciousness, mm-hmm. um, she asked where her son was. Um. So they searched the 59th home, they, the 59th Street home. Um, turned up no signs of him. And Jason Senior has refused to, again, has refused to provide any information to his whereabouts. Later in 2015, Wright, which is the mom, filed for a protection, a protection from abuse order against her husband. In April 2016, Jason Senior was charged with failure to report a child missing, which is a felony. So they didn't report Jason was missing. Jason Jr. was missing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was saying that he maintained that he had no responsibility to report Jason missing because... Although the boy has the same name as him, mm-hmm. he said Jason's is not his biological son, and Jason Senior is not listed as his father on the birth certificate. Wait, so they must go on to catch him eventually, right? Yeah, he turns himself in. Okay, got it. Okay, because I'm like, how are they getting these updates? Yeah, so he, okay, he okay, got it. Okay, got it, got it. So the charges against Jason Senior and Wright are aiding of the dependency of minors, um, which have been have has been dismissed in November 2019. Jason Senior pleaded guilty to the misdemeanor. So this is what. It's like three, four years later mm-hmm. um, after the whole thing. But he still hasn't given any details or said where the kid is? Well, I'm, I'm going to get to oh, Okay, sorry. So, yeah, he pleaded guilty to a mis- to a misdemeanor, which was this was a type of plea. That sure. Had, like, For the, like, not reporting a kid missing or something yep. like that? So it was part of a plea bargain. The charge was reduced from a felony to a misdemeanor. He was sentenced to 12 months in jail. Um, 12 months in jail and in two, years, two years of probation. Yep, 2019. Jason Senior still states that Jason is not his son, and he doesn't know the child. Jason Sims Junior. He does, yeah. So he's saying, "I don't. That's not my son. I don't know where he is." And also saying, "Like I re- kind of really don't care. You know, I'm just trying to move on with my move, life." Yeah. So is he? On, he's out on probation or something? Or yeah, he, he will be soon if he's yeah, not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So his def- and also his defense attorney has gone so far as to suggest that Jason has never really actually existed. Oh, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Yeah. So that's, oh, wow, okay, okay, go ahead. Sorry. So, um, oh. yeah, just just um, a couple of things that I, I've read, articles, that the only thing they have is Jason Jr. pictures of him as a kid. Wait, so what about the other? The, the, you said there was, like, he had a little they, brother? Yeah, they end up finding... That little brother. He does exist. Okay, got yeah, it. They, okay. There's, there's no information, probably because he's a minor, so they yeah, probably, there's got no it, information. Got it, got it, got it. Um, but 
The only thing they have is pictures of him as a kid. Only thing they have is the birth certificate. Mm-hmm. But Jason seems like that's not my child. So there is a, a birth certificate for Jason that, Sims Jr. That it, yeah, that's but that's all they have. So, but my that, mind, but that's a record of a person, a, a person existing. Yeah. When you said that, that fucked me up because yeah. I'm like, okay, so Miss Wright, whatever her first name is, could have just made this whole thing up. Yeah. So they do have a birth certificate of of him. But that's all they have. He sure. never he never went to, and they say he was autistic, nonverbal. Yeah. You know, um, a person like a kid like this would have popped up unless he was murdered and disposed of. I feel like you Could find he? this kid in distress. Like if he just was left somewhere, people he, would. But he can't speak. Yeah, but that would be like a. If somebody saw a kid walking down the road, standing out, not talking to yeah. anybody, they pull over and they go, "Are you okay?" And then he might have some kind of like autistic freakout or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he would be brought into child protective services. Yeah. My what I'm saying is, that's less likely of a scenario if he's killed and disposed of, as opposed to like true, he ran true, away true. or they they took him out somewhere and dropped left like they abandoned him. Yeah, yeah. You know. So I'll. I'll just give my um what I thought what I think would happen is at the end. When I okay. So the circumstances of Jason's disappearance are, are unclear and authorities can find no medical records and no recent pictures of the child and little to go on is what um little to go on as what his current whereabouts are. So local law enforcement stated that the disappearance of one of his disappearance is one of the most bizarre situations they've encountered. So one of the agents that was working on the case said have said I have never seen anything like it. His name is David. Said in the early interview, it's one of those made-for-TV kind of things where people make up the strangest things they can, they can, and write a story about it. So again, like an uh, FBI, I mean, uh, uh, an investigator was like, "This is the most crazy shit I've ever seen," and this is look like this is made up, like somebody yeah. this shit is fake. It's unbelievable. Yep. Um. So I, wait, I just have one because it's fucking me up. Okay. So the lawyer asserted in some either subtle or not so subtle way that this kid might not even exist. Yeah. But David Sims senior and Wright, whatever her first name is. Sorry. I don't know. I, I, I forgot it. Mm-hmm. They lived together and had kids in their home. Had kids in their home. So David Sims senior knows whether or not there's a David Sims junior uh, is real or not. He's saying, I don't even know what he's basically. Saying, I don't know what she's talking about. That's crazy. <laughs> Because if he's if it, it's one thing if your lawyer because like nobody- your lawyer's saying like I don't know I maybe hey maybe he doesn't even exist yes you being a lawyer yeah but if David Sims Senior is saying oh there was never a David Sims Junior in the house that's crazy that is what but and, and nobody knows of the ch- except her and he's like but like and him she, he should know too but he's like that I don't it, but he's saying I don't know what she's talking about that's crazy but he has my name but I'm not his father and, and I don't know where he is but the, but if they, he does exist but you said they did the uh, uh, forwarding so they do have a photo of him it's a photo of him he's, when he was a child yes it's just fucking me <laughs> it's wild so he exists that's what I think but I'm, I'm, a, I'm I want to tell you what I think what happens okay. after sorry because it's, it's just fucking it's just wild yeah, but so. James seems like I don't know what she's talking about but it's like bro what he was also ordered to have no contact with the with the victim's family, which is right. Sims told AL.com he pleaded guilty so that this shit is wild. He pleaded guilty so that he could get on with his life after facing charges for so many years. He said, quote, it's been hard for me to maintain a job. It comes to a point you have to move on. Imagine. He's like, I just this shit is hanging but, over my head. But, I can't get a job. I need to. But I was going to say, like, I know a lot of bail bondsmen. Who, that is what they prey on, is somebody 
in a position where it's like um somebody could be somebody could be guilty and have the money to make bond and mm-hmm. be innocent and I just can't get out of here to fight my to fight my case not in jail. So now I'm in here, I'm innocent, I lose my job. Yeah. Cause I can't come to work. I can't show up to work on time. So I can understand this guy being like, man, I got to keep coming to court and I got this shit hanging over my head. Yeah. Just offer me whatever you're offering me. Yeah. I'll, I, I'll yeah, plead true, out true. just to get it, you know, cause I, it is like you, you, you pleaded guilty to endangering children and shit. It's like, man, it was, first of all, it was way worse. Yeah. And I've been dealing with this shit for two, three years and I can't hold a job. I got to keep, I can't leave the state. Just give me something so I can move on. So I get that in a way, yeah. but this shit is still crazy. Yeah, so he said that he has no idea where Jason Jr. is or what happened to him. He claims that he's not Jason's biological father. He said, he's not mine, and I've always known that. So again, he's, 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 he's maintained that he has no responsibility to report. He had no responsibility to report sure. Jason missing. Because it's not his responsibility. Right. That's but cold as shit. That's cold as shit, even though they, he has... The exact he has your name, and, and they live together. He's not listed as the father on his birth certificate. Yep, he's uh, not. He's not listed as the father on the birth certificate. I don't know what you know. It, it's like toxic relationship. It's crazy, bro. You named him James Sims, Sims, Sims Jr., but you didn't put him. Or is that a thing? You know, I don't know. You have can a woman can write you down on the birth certificate, I think so. right? Yeah, like but you can write your own name. Did you sign the birth certificate? Did I sign? Or was, was it just signed by no, somebody? No, you signed it. You have to sign it. Yeah. But can the mom sign it and be like, for, for this, the, for, this is him? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Don't know. All right. Okay. Because I'm trying to figure out if but it's she like- can, But she can still go, his name is this. So it's, though, that's why he, it's your son, even though he's not why, on the birth certificate, yeah. but I named him that because he's your him son. I named him you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's good. That, that's ammo for him, though. He's like, is my name on the birth certificate? You can name him whatever you want. I didn't agree. Yeah, So, but I'm, I'm saying that. I mean, it could possibly not be his son. Yeah, they just he she just named him James in love, Jr. So she just named him after him. Yeah, so you know, but he's like, I'm not the father. My name's not on the birth certificate. I don't know where. I don't know what she's talking about. I don't know where he is, and it's yeah. not my job to report him missing because it's not my child. That's so cold, though. <laughs> like it's like you, I can respect that, but like a kid is missing. Like you didn't report the kid missing? Oh, no. fuck that kid, man. It's not my kid. Nope, don't even care. Uh so he said I would I would love to talk to Miss Jason's mother, but they don't want us talking, he said. Um efforts to locate Jason's mother for coming have has been un- unsuccessful. So Jeffrey Jefferson County Sheriff's Deputy Chief David uh Adji said that the investigation into Jason's disappearance is ongoing. The detectives have worked tirelessly on the case, even following leads to California but to no avail. There's still a lot of un, um, unanswered questions, as you said. It only takes one bit of information. So they also said uh, they also put on the um, information of Jason's appearance. Um, asked to call the sheriff's investigation. They had a number of crime stoppers. But this was six years ago. This was six years ago, and that was it as far as updates or anything. So nobody's in jail. Nobody's in jail. Well, I don't, unless he got out. He um, got out for something having nothing to do with the kid being wait, dead. Wait, twenty nineteen. So he, he did two years. So he yeah. probably getting out soon, right? Yeah. If he's not out, if he's, he's not already, he's close to being out. Yeah, and he's gonna go do probation. But what I think what happened was that that's he must have been killed as a child. That's the only thing I can I can think that like what, somewhere between ninety nine and two thousand fifteen, maybe probably earlier than that. Because so there you, was no so way, you, there is no picture of 
There's a picture of him maybe at like three. So you think she got into some kind of domestic dispute, woke up, accidentally announced that there was a James. Uh, whatever, whatever happened. Junior, and then they were like, who is this? I think whatever happened to her, they probably like drugged her or something in the hospital. And she woke up like. And said something she wasn't like, supposed to say. Yeah. Because you think you think he had been dead for years. Yeah. And then she accidentally started an investigation into something that she knew that, that he's been gone. Maybe she like woke up from a dream or something. Yeah. And mentioned his name and he's been dead for maybe like 15, 10 years, something like that. Yeah. That's what I think. That's an interesting one. That's dark. Because that's for him to just for you. To, that makes it even darker. For you to wake. No, but for you to wake up from whatever happened. You was unconscious or whatever. You, for you to wake up and go, where's my son? Where's Jason? Yeah. And the people go, wait, what? And nobody's ever heard of him. Yeah. What about That's the other two? Yeah. What about the other, th- the other three, actually? But yeah. what about the other two That's a good, I mean, that everybody knows about? And you go, where's Jason? People are like, wait, what? Specific, huh? Specifically. Specifically. That's a good theory. Now, but just to be clear, because I'm just, it's just so much confusion. You started this off. They did live together, right? Jason, J- uh, James Senior, yeah, yeah, and the house. so they were they were in a relationship and everything like that. Yeah. So what your 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 theory would imply that they, I mean, they all knew the, the both of them because like nobody knows this kid. They haven't seen him, but they the two of them would know if he died ten years ago. If or anything, Jason Senior is like. I'm washing my hands of this now, and yeah. I don't know what she's talking about. Yeah, like, but like you're saying, but let's say. Let's say uh, Jason Sims Jr. drowned in 2005, and now 2015, he's like, they're like, he's missing. Where's this kid? And he's he's basically like, I don't have anything to do with anything, but he knows they have some dark secret. Like he died ten years ago, Something. and we know that. Yeah. So he's just saying like, that's not my kid, and whatever. But that would imply he's getting away with something really fucked up and dark. Yeah. And he just got off with endangering yeah. a kid or whatever because they had the child. They got called up on for um, child neglect or whatever. Yeah, the and, house was a mess. Yeah, but yeah. F- her to mention, where's my son Jason? And people go like, who's that? Who's that? And then they find out about these other two kids, but they end up finding the other one that yeah. she mentioned that nobody knew about. Sure. But the one that is like, oh, I guess they had some type of, they found record of Jason, but the reason why they keep saying this person does, doesn't exist because Nobody has seen. Nobody has seen him right, physically. Right. Nobody for, has for seen years. Him. Yeah, yeah. And he's he was autistic. Like, how do you know if he was autistic if yeah. he has a? There's no doctor's the hospital. Yeah, nothing. Like, there's no, they have a. Has he been diagnosed autistic or you know? Yeah. He hasn't been to doctors. Hasn't been to school. But they have a picture of him as a kid. And that's and that is so it. Fucking strange. Like, but he. How just, is it this much of a dead end? That's crazy. There's no record of anything. Nothing. That's that's crazy. Just he just. He's autistic and nonverbal, what I'm, which I'm guessing that Miss Wright gave them that information. Yeah, just because based he wasn't, on her own. Her yeah, because he wasn't died. Di- he, di- he wasn't died. No, right, exactly. Uh, not not officially in a right. hospital by a doctor. He hasn't been to school. I find that hard to believe. Like that's just that's just not a thing anymore. Especially in 2015, there's you're capable of not having any record of anything on a person. Yeah, never been to school. Never had a doctor's appointment. Never been sick. That's what I think. I think that's they, why you think he's been dead for been for dead. a long yeah. time. Because of the burden of him being yeah. having mental disabilities, yeah. and she had a fucking nightmare because she was unconscious about drugs. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna say that. That's the reason. But yeah, but she had some, type some of kind of traumatic, exactly flashback or something came back. <gasps> Where's and she, Jason? And yeah, people she like, said wait, it what? in front of the wrong people. What? 
That's a strong. That's a strong theory. I don't even have a theory to combat. I have no theories on this. It's crazy. He just has gone like. That's no, it's just nobody yeah. knows. That's crazy. Nobody knows where he's at. Yeah, I'm gonna go with your theory. He's been dead. He's been dead for a long time, and that's why they there's there's no answer they can give to go like, oh, we dropped him off at Chuck E. Cheese or we some where where was the last place he was? Yeah, the only person that knows. Where he is it's is the two, the, two, the two parents right in Jason Seaway who was like he has my I'm name done and I'm done but with it, yeah. he is not my and 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 is and, and is not my and stop asking yeah, me about and it. it's not my job for me to say he's missing. Do you know how cold that is, bro? To to like he to be steadfast and like I don't know where he is and stop asking yeah. me where I don't care. Like, I'll don't, take the charge for not putting a missing person report, but it, it wasn't my job yeah. to do that. And I'm not gonna. And I'm. I'll take the charge. I'll take the charge for not following the missing persons. Report, but just to be clear, and I'm not gonna help you find this yeah. person either. Just to be clear. I don't know what she's talking about. Yeah, uh, that's he got that's, my name, but I don't know. Who, I don't know what she's, and I don't know where he is, and and I don't care. Yeah, yeah, man. When I read, I was like, and I'm and I'm and I'm, and I'm googling. And I put up all these different Reddit, you know, Reddit and you know, Reddit. They go super deep. Nothing. They go super deep. Um. And it's nothing, it's like, it's just nothing. People go, like, this is, he just doesn't, what? Yeah. Weird. Well, if anybody listening has some information or some links they want to pass along, please feel free to let us know. I'm I'm, I'm baffled by this one. I have no yeah. I have no opinion. I'm just going to ride with your theory. I think your theory is a good one that, you know, he's been, he something tragic happened to him long ago. And it was somebody said that, how would a birth certificate be issued without the child having existed? Yeah. Same question I have. <laughs> the kid exists. That's that's just they just they're made using it up. a there's a picture. They're using a picture that yeah. they're accelerating. They're, the kid exists. This is crazy, man. I don't even know what to say. Rest in peace to Jason Sims Jr. I don't even know. I don't know what to say. I'm so confused. Yeah. Well, thanks. I don't know. I don't know. I just thanks I just thought that. it was. Thanks I for just, that yeah. headache. I just sorry. I just thought it was like <laughs> there's a child with a birth certificate. Insane. Named after the mom's boyfriend, but he's not the father, according to him. And he haven't nobody, nobody knows that he's they nobody never, outside they, they of them knew there was a Jason. He exists. Yeah, just pop. He just so there's no grandparents to be like, oh, I love Jason. That's what I mean. Little, nobody little knows. Nobody knows. Then the house was trash. Yeah, they had these kids in there and probably not feeding them and taking care of them. Just, oh my goodness, like that's it's crazy, man. I just I read. I was like. What? I mean, Jason Sims Jr. could have been a victim of neglect, like within six months of him coming from home from the hospital. It yeah. could have been that he could, like, he could have died as soon as they brought him home. Because it sounds like they don't live a very safe life. Well, these for are pictures of him. I can show you. That's him. The and bottom he, ones are the accelerated ones. The bottom left ones. Yeah, but the f- top three are the baby pictures the that baby. they have. Maybe maybe three at the at the oldest. Yeah. And that's it. I and mean, that's all he had. Well, prayers up to some answers, man. Yeah. Prayers up for some answers. I don't know what to say off that one, man. So Jeez. I don't know if the case is still open. But they said something yeah, something has to come out like she has to go something. They she I don't know, man. That's it's that's Jason Senior is the one I'm I'm like, what dude. What? He's, it's he's he's too cold that it's weird. It's like something 
you're trying to not incriminate yourself. That's what I mean. Like, he's trying to clean himself before it gets too far. He's like, I said five years ago that I don't know anything. I don't know anything. He's not my child. We have the same name, but I don't know what she's talking about. Yeah. And I don't know where he at. What? Recipes to Jason Sims Jr. And I don't know. I wish we had answers, but we don't. Hopefully we do. I just thought this was a crazy. It's definitely that. Crazy case. Um. I would love to hear people's um, thoughts on this. and Yeah, for sure. Think. Maybe you can tell me because I'm not on social media, but maybe you can tell me what people say. Yeah, I'll make sure I'll, I'll let you know if yeah. anybody comes and cracks the case. Yeah, man. I just hopefully we find out something. I'll, I'll keep an update with it and see what happens if anything new comes out, but nothing hasn't came out recently. All right. Well, hey, let's, uh, let's get into these good vibes. Something hopefully that has closure that's what i need you left me without closure man <laughs> sorry i need a story that has closure all right welcome back it's a good vibe segment my laptop is about to die <laughs> oh man but uh my good vibe this week is is about uh, I'm sure you know who this guy is Dick Van Dyke. Yes, I do. So he may be no- best known Legend. for his delightful rooftop dance dance moves while playing uh, a chimney sweep, playing a chimney sweep in Mary Poppins. But Dick Van Dyke hasn't um, hasn't slipped into retirement since his breakthrough in a 1964 role. Mm-hmm. A long time ago, chim chimney chim chim chiru. In fact, the 95 year 95 years old has been caught doing all sorts of good deeds over the years. His latest kindness, last week the actor showed up in Los Angeles at Los Angeles Malibu uh, Community Labor Exchange and began handing out cash to job seekers waiting in line outside the nonprofit. Mm. So helping others has been an important part of Van, of Van Dyke's life for decades. He's known for spending over 20 years volunteering at um, at L.A. Shelter, um, the Midnight Man- Mission, He's also served as a spokesperson for the Cell Therapy Foundation and the National um, what's that? Rees Syndrome Foundation. Damn. I don't know. Not familiar the last that. time we shared the good news relating to his Hollywood to this Hollywood legend, it was to report on Van Dyke's dancing with his real life wife, Arlene Silva, and the most joyful music video ever um, for bluegrass group Dust Bowl um, Revival. Oh. So, oh. Oh, and then there was the time he treated dinners, he treated di- diners at a dinners at a Santa Monica D- Denny's to a spontaneous performance of Chitty 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 Bang Bang with his with his Capella group. Um, I used to love that movie. Van, with that movie, mm-hmm. I never seen it. It's a flying car. It's really old. It's good. When did you see that? I was like seven years old. Or something. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he was saying that his secret to um, aging gracefully was. By giving giving to others, and dancing and singing whenever he can. So they got there's a there's a gift that was on Twitter, ninety three when he was in the department store just doing some moves, just dancing. grinding, just grooving. Yeah, he's probably like yeah. seventy five. And yeah, yeah. my laptop just died, so it's perfect. Time. Oh yeah, cool. Well, shout out, to, <laughs> shout out to Dick Van Dyke, man. Uh, you know, ninety five. Yeah. Sometimes when you you know um, I'm, you know hopefully he gets as much life as he can out of it. But I feel like when you know like you know it's winding down, man. That's when a lot of people have said, I'm giving away my fortune. Yeah. I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm going to go do that. But apparently he's been doing that his whole life. But I feel like, you know, when you know, you know, hey, this is, I'm in the twilight of my life. Things are coming to an end. I'm 
do some positive yeah. things for some people. As much as I say I want to live to 100, I think it's also probably scary when you're like, am I going to wake up tomorrow? No, nah, I mean, I feel like 95 years old, I feel like you, I would hope you've accepted that by now. I don't know how, if Betty White wakes up uh, scared that she's not going to wake up, like, come on, man, you you lived, man, you did it. Every day I see a picture of Betty White on cover on Twitter, I'm like, oh, rest in peace. They're like, no, Betty she's White uh, bought some muffins today. You're like, yeah. oh, all right, well, never mind. Well, yeah. How old is she? Like 98 years old. She's 98? Betty no, she's White, not. Bro, Betty White, I have a, I have a conspiracy. Hot take. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn this down for a second before I get into the good vibes. I don't want to. I don't want to distract. I have a sneaking suspicion that Betty White is like on life support, or 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 like. I haven't seen her in public in a while. Everybody mm-hmm. just keeps saying like, "Oh, shout out to Betty White. Betty White's still alive." But like, she hasn't been. She's Betty ninety nine years old. Yeah, bro. Betty White has not been on TV. Like, oh hey guys, it's me, Betty White. Hello kids. Like, she hasn't been doing that in like seven years. I haven't seen Betty White around, so they might just be keeping her because she retired functioning. Right? She yeah, yeah. Well, ninety nine years old, you should be retired. But I'm just saying, I don't know if Betty White is a spry ninety nine. She She's might be holding on twenty two. Yeah, bro. She might That's be holding. She might be holding on for dear life, you know. And 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 shout out to Betty White, man. I hope I hope she's doing well. But 99 Damn. years old and, you know, all these jokes on Twitter. Oh, man, Betty White might be a vampire, bro. I have not seen Betty White in public in some time. But she is delightful. She's seen a lot of shit. She's seen it all, man. Wow. She's seen it all. And she's been in some hilarious things. I'm just saying I have not seen her in public in some time. But I'm not going to I'm not gonna linger on that. I'm not wishing death on Betty White. Yeah. Hope she makes no, it to 105. Hope she makes it to 105. You know? I'm just saying my conspiracy is like, that was a little dark. I'm hoping she makes it to 105. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just saying I haven't seen her in a while. Anyway, uh, speaking, <laughs> speaking of death, uh, my good vibe story is uh, about, you know, the forest funeral industry, which is, I mean, the, uh, the tree funeral industry, which is something I'm very interested in. What so, is it, a big tree? Well, big, big funeral. Oh, big, oh. big Big funeral is trying to stop tree no, What funerals. are they called? They don't have a big ending. They're just doing it for the people, man. <laughs> they, they're not a conglomerate. The funeral industry is the scam. Yeah. And they're trying to stop anybody that's are trying to prevent them from eating big time you know most funeral homes that have like a family name on them are not they're just licensed they don't even own the business they're licensed by a conglomerate or like a corporation oh so like johnson family funeral homes they sit they use that name so you feel like oh it's a family they're gonna take care of me and my family because they know how to take care of families because that's what they do and really they're like a mcdonald's like they're just a chain yeah and they just get let them have that name because it feels like it takes advantage of people's emotions. Like, oh, I want my family to be buried by a family. Mm. And it's just a scam. It's all so many scams. I delivered to a friend of Rome a couple of times. You know they have a casket magazine? Yeah. It's a... Do you not hear what I'm saying? Yes. It's fly. all a scam. They're, they try to find way... There's always new products coming out. But a magazine, though? Yeah, man. They got to tell you. Hey, here's the Cadillac of... Here's the... Yeah. yeah. We should order five of these. I think these would sell. Because they probably buy them in bulk from the magazines, the funeral homes. They're like, can we sell a gold casket? Let's order one out of the magazine. I, I'm sure we can get somebody to buy it. If we sell this, we make our nut for the year. That's how people in the funeral industry talk. They're like, man, we got to move these. Tell tell people about these caskets more. We got to get these off the shelves. They're collecting dust. They talk like it's fucking a Costco. That's crazy. Yeah, man. It's an industry. Death is an industry. It is what it is. But I'm just saying they're trying to exile people who are trying to stop the toxic and pollutant and pollutant industry of funerals? Anybody trying to change the industry for the good? They're like, get them the fuck out of here. If you get a black owned funeral, would I like it? Or would you? I don't want to be buried in a casket, so I wouldn't like. If they're doing that, then no, not me. Oh, you want to be a tree? I want to be a tree. 
Yeah, and I'll go into detail. You won't buy animals and stuff. No, oh, it would be a private. It would be a private forest. It wouldn't be animals and shit. Okay. Anyway, every year the funeral industry co- consumes twenty million feet of hardwood, sixty-four thousand tons of steel, one point six million tons of concrete, and five million ga- gallons of embalming chemicals. One of the most popular reasons to choose cremation is the idea that people want to take up less space and also to reduce the burden on Earth, according to Gibbons. A person who's in charge of uh, um, what's the name of this company? Uh, Better Place Forests. Hmm. Uh, as the as the cost of traditional casket service cemetery funerals continues to rise ev- ever higher in the U.S., it's estimated that eighty percent of baby boomers generation will choose cremation. If you wanted a ten to twenty person family plot, which is cra- that's crazy. I don't even. I'm not even concerned. Like I don't have concerns about being buried near 10 or 20 people in my family like I, I, a tenor per, like to be like we need enough space to have the whole family buried near each other and you're talking about 10 to 20 people that's crazy but anyway a 10 to 20 person family plot anywhere near a major city i'd be incredibly surprised if you if you could find that for less than two hundred thousand dollars damn says sandy a person who's working in the funeral industry oh this is a scam adding that despite the shift towards cremation Americans have haven't lost the desire for a place or ritual with their family, so they they still want a place for your family to be able to come and say hi to you. Uh, our customers are drawn to better place forests because they love the idea of being in nature and leaving a legacy of nature for those who are very religious. Uh, from those who are very religious to those uh, to those of them, to, I'm sorry, for those who are very religious. For them, nature is the place they felt closest to God. The choice of cremation and the subsequent the subsequent scattering of ashes ceremony releases the bereaved from the constraints of the traditional traditional funeral service, which is typically planned without much time and under and under duress of grief. So, you know, they basically just shitting on uh, funerals in this article. But uh, but in a funny way, that freedom creates a significant complication for some in that what is pr- uh, perceived as a very important detail in one's life story, their funeral has to be has to be imagined from within a far greater realm of possibilities. This, Sandy said, can create a sort of funerary writer's block, which better place funerals helps people overcome, especially those who are environmentally minded. So they're trying to save the planet, bro. Funerals mm. are disgusting. The bodies end up leaking into the soil after a couple of years when they decompose. There's just nothing good about putting stuff in the ground. Anyway, uh, part of its legacy of conservation, knowing that you contributed to the protection of the beautiful forest, and then it's protected for future gen- for future generations because of something you did. When you walk by one of these forests, that that's when it makes sense. We choose properties that are incredibly beautiful, trying to find properties that are iconic in each region. So basically, they're preserving forests Mm -hmm. and using them to plant trees, which are you. People. People. Well, people's people's they're turning their essence into whatever fertilizes a tree. Okay. so they're planting trees, building these forests, and then these forests become uh, conservatories. Like you can't tear you can't like cut down. Oh, I want a Christmas tree. Let me go cut down Frederick. Mm-hmm. Like, no, these are protected trees. So they 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 basically are building forests that are protected and can't be cut down. Okay. So they're creating these little beautiful areas. Um, that's is you know, there's a whole bunch of other stuff, but this isn't a commercial for yeah. better place funerals. You know, I just I just um always want to continue to push for, you know, 
the the traditional funeral is very dangerous and, and uh, bad for the environment. So if there are new ways to transition to the afterlife. You know, it doesn't, you know, this idea that you need to put on a nice suit and a watch and all this shit and then throw it into the ground and then you decompose and all that shit is just is just in the earth, not being a, contributing to the earth, but being a detriment. It's just not good, bro. Cremate yourself. Turn yourself into a tree. Fucking, I don't know. Burn yourself on a pyre. Do something that's not going to be toxic to the environment. There's already yeah. so many things that are well, dangerous. Well, cremation does too, right? Does what? That hurts the environment Hurt? Yeah Not that I know of Oh I don't like going to the The smoke of a body? Yeah That's no worse than like The fumes from a From a A, a giant ship It's the same know? thing though right? Not the same thing no. It's not? I oh. disagree No cause people burn stuff all the time You oh. burn If you burn a tree It's not I think it's what What's being burned If you're burning fossil fuels That's bad But I don't know if the things oh. That are in a body being burnt Are gonna put a hole in the ozone layer Yeah um, but I don't, I don't, I don't like how they when people die and they get cremated, they spread it, they throw the ashes away. I don't like that for some reason. But if that's somebody's request, though, mm, I guess go on a family trip to Australia, throw me into the ocean in Australia. It's not going anyway. It's just an ocean. I get it? It's symbolic. I don't get it. What? Where do you want it to go? It's dead. Keep it in. Keep it in there. And, what is the urn? Keep it in your house. Yeah. For what? So sit there and do what? I don't know. Still on the ground. Well, oh, on the ground in a, in, a, in a beautiful scenic area Spread me into the nature You'd rather be trapped mm-hmm. in like A two bedroom apartment you, How are you trapped? You're in a jar But you're not but You're trapped? Yeah In a jar? What if those ash That's his essence What if they So you got your essence trapped in a jar In a two bedroom apartment In Skokie, Illinois You open it up every now and then Let it breathe You could do what? Open it up You want to be interacting with the ashes? No, you say it's trapped, so you open it up. That's what I'm saying. You want to be like every every couple of days, you're like, let me open you up here, Uncle Frank. Let yeah. me uh, let me get you some breeze. Smell the uh, Buffalo, New York air. Yeah. Sit oh, man, take me to Fiji and dump me down a waterfall. If you're gonna if you're gonna cremate me, yeah. spread me. That's my opinion. Uh, if, if you you know, I, if I was to get cremated, I would be like, I want my family like take me somewhere beautiful. Dump my ashes there, and then you guys can come back and visit there every year. Take you take my just take my different dis- spots, what like a little that? bit of each. Yeah. Oh, now you now you, but that? now you're making work for your family members. Like yeah, take oh? me go to Japan. I want some of me in Japan. I want some of me in New Mexico. <laughs> go ahead and take a little Whenever bit of me uh, in Jamaica. Me. Yeah, put in a little plastic bag. Put a little dime bag of me. Yeah. <laughs> take a little dime bag of me. Drop me off in Greenland. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's work. That sounds cool. Actually, no, that does sound kind of cool. Yeah. Like every time you go on a trip, throw a little, you know, take some, take a little coke yeah. spoon, yep. dump Put a couple, of, dump a couple ounces of me into a little baggie, you know, make sure TSA knows, hey, this is uh, my dad, yeah, and it's <laughs> crazy, my dad, this is my dad in a fucking <laughs> in a coke bag, yeah, this is my dad right here. I'm just, I'm just, um, I'm taking him to, to Scotland. I want to, I want him, I want to dump a little yeah. bit of him in Glasgow. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, actually, it's kind of fly. Well, smoke it. Can you smoke it? Can you smoke ashes? Oh, you are different today. Can you though? You I'm can just smoke to... whatever you want. I guess you could roll, a, you could sprinkle a little bit of your ancestors into a blunt and smoke yeah. them. Yeah, you could do that. There you go. Why would you want to do that? I, I'm just coming up with ideas. <laughs> oh, I didn't know this was a brainstorming session for with yeah. the ashes. I didn't know that's just coming up with ideas. I didn't know that's what we fell into. I think it's a pretty intimate moment. Uh, yeah, that is intimate for sure. Yeah, yeah. You smoke the smoking smoke the ashes yeah. going to the smoking your favorite uncle. Yeah. Yeah. No. For sure. No. That's interesting. Uncle that's, that's, Pete. <laughs> yeah. No. That's I, I, interesting. I definitely. Um. Yeah. I like that. It's idea. like we're on the tree. The I like the traveling idea idea more than 
smoking my with little pieces. Little yeah, take a little bags, yeah. take a little bags, that and that is pretty cool. Like leave a leave a really. I would here's now you got me thinking, right? What if right your final wish is you leave your like notes or your last will and testament, mm-hmm. and you're like, let's say your your son, my 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 daughter, whoever yeah. I go, I'm leaving you fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I want you to travel the world, mm-hmm. and I've I've asked to be cremated, and I want you to take a little bit of me, and everywhere you go, just find find a really cool space. Have a good time on your trip, but take a little bit of time. Find find an hour or some time. Go somewhere peaceful and just dump a little bit of me where you are so we can take one last trip together. Yeah. I want you to go to as many places you can go with $50,000. Yeah. Budapest, you know, Pakistan. I want you to go wherever you can go. Istanbul. Go all the places you can go. Take a little bit of with me every, every, everywhere you go. Sprinkle me in every little part of the continent, every part of the country you can go to. Go to West Africa. Sprinkle, sprinkle me a little bit there. Just have a little intimate moment with me, yeah, and that'll be uh, how you say goodbye to me. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I think that would be cool. Genuinely. So, but when they cremate you, do they cremate? Do they take organs out still? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, if you're an organ donor, they will definitely take your organs out. Hmm. But as far as like just taking your organs out just because, I don't. Th- I don't know if they do that when you're um when you're cremated. They might just. I think they just throw you in there. Yeah. But if you're an organ donor, I think I they would. Know, take I just organs. don't get it. You can cut this, but I just want to talk. I just don't understand how you know, you cremate when you buried. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just the body though. It is not it's not what made you you. Sure. You know what I mean? But you gotta do something with the body. Are you saying I you don't understand it. funerals? No, I'm just like when you I'm just saying when you go when they had these memorials, like it's sure. It's just it's just the body of the person. But it's like You mean the memorial you like you the, like is, somewhere that you go? Yeah. But like what where made, the body is. Yeah. But I'm talking about like what made you you is like your personality, yeah. your brain. Mm-hmm. That's gone. It's yeah. just but it's not like you having this moment with this person is just the body of the person. Well, I think that that's why this better place funerals place is saying we want to have a place to where, yes, that body is gone, but you can still have a place where you're having an intimate moment with that person somewhere special, mm. like uh, the way that uh, going to somebody's grave is, yeah. but it's not harming the environment. Gotcha. So there's basically meeting you in the middle. They're saying like, we agree with you. It's just a body. The person's spirit is gone, but that body can be used to create something beautiful and then you can go to that beautiful place and you feel like the essence of that person built, created this beautiful space. Yeah, true. You know, okay. as opposed to just going and looking at a headstone. Yeah. You, you know? go back, what if you go back and the shit just like... They cut all the trees down? <laughs> shit browns like... Oh, the trees died? <laughs> yeah, it's like... Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> he died again. God yeah, that's, 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 that's double heartbreak. Ain't nobody taking care of the trees? Yeah, I didn't, think of, I didn't think of that. I would hope they have like, you know, grounds people or something. But you know when it's fall, now, during you the pandemic, go through, yeah, yeah, oh, it's true. <laughs> or when it's Stabs. fall, when it, when it's fall, you know, you start seeing your, your you start seeing your dad turn brown and yeah. leaves fall. You're like, damn, that's, just, <laughs> that's actually kind of a best kind of a bummer. Every fall, you gotta. <laughs> but then in the springtime, it's like a rebirth. I guess the trees reblossom and stuff. Yeah, nobody out there in the wintertime anyway. Yeah, that's true. Nobody's gonna visit the trees. In the <laughs> that's true. Uh, you just died. You die again for yeah, three you, months. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my dad, my dad died again. Uh, <laughs> he'll be back in January, in February. He'll be back. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I don't have any recommendation or anything, man. It's tired. I'm tired. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 